Welcome everybody to today's episode of Daddy No, episode number 93, day number 725 of being a stay-at-home father. And you know what? That number 725 is actually wrong. Yeah, because I looked back, I was like, the two-year anniversary of Daddy No podcast should be coming up. I thought I could have sworn it was mid-February, right around Valentine's Day. Uh, I looked at the original one I put out. It was January, at the end of January. Last Wednesday of January, I put it out. And uh, yeah, I, I, it's it's actually been past two years. So over two years of being a stay-at-home father, which means this number 725 is wrong. But uh, I'm just going to keep it that way. Why not, right? Just keep putting that number. Just keep adding it from today. So uh, yeah, two-year anniversary of being a stay-at-home father. Well, actually more than that. But uh, also doing this podcast to your anniversary. I'm joined by my booger-eating daughter. I just saw you eat that booger. Ew, no, don't touch me. That's gross, Zozo. You don't poke your nose and eat the booger. She's done that before. Say what's up, Zozo. What's up? She did that before where she like was poking. I've said it before. She was poking her nose and I didn't know. And uh, she kept like putting her finger in my mouth and I kept going, um, um. And I was looking at my phone and she was laughing and I turned. And I was like, why is she laughing so hard? It's because she's putting her finger in her nose. She was feeding me boogers. I didn't even know. Well, there were no... There were no boogers. It was just like mucus. You know what I mean? Slime. I should. I thought she. I don't know what she was doing. I don't know what I thought she was doing. It's just innocent little baby finger. I pretend to bite it, but really she's trying to feed me boogers. And she's tried to do that before. And now I watch her. I watch her like a hawk when she ever, she puts her finger near my mouth. Like last time she got she had a booger at the end of her. I'm sorry. This makes it really gross. But she had a booger at the end of her finger. And she was like, here, daddy. And I looked, I was like, oh, that's a booger. That's gross. And then she ate it and goes, yummy. So, sweetie, if you're listening to this, you know, 10 years from now, it's 2028 and you're with your friends and you're listening to this for some reason, you're listening to this, know that you ate boogers and you loved them. You loved boogers. You probably still eat boogers. That's like your dirty little secret. You're a little booger eater. Are you a little booger eater, Zozo? No. Yes, you are. I just saw you eat your boogers. Do you eat your boogers? No. Oh, so you're lying to me? I saw you eat your booger, lady. What? Or when we're telling <laughs> her new thing is whenever I tell her. All right. Whenever I tell her, just like be like, oh, you pooped. I smell it. I smell it. She's like, no, don't smell it. Don't smell it. That's what she tells me. Don't smell it. Don't put that in your mouth. No. No. You can choke on that. Yeah. There's a little bell. <laughs> but I'm like, no, I smell it. It's gross. Don't smell it. Right, Zozo? Is that what you say? Don't smell it? Don't smell it. Don't smell it. And then my son just got home from school. He's playing with his Legos, making these amazing robots. Say, what's up, son? What's up? You want to have anything to, to report here on Daddy No Podcast? Any questions? Nope. Nope. He's more and more getting uh, reserved to himself. Like, like, a lot of times he'll come home and he's like, I'm going to go to my room. Like, all right, just leave the door open. And he leaves the door open, and I'll sneak up, and I want to see what he's doing. And he's not doing anything. Like, he's in his own world. He's playing with uh, his, like, stuffed animals and toys and stuff like that. But, like, a lot of it is, like, he's just sitting there in, like, deep thought. Like, he has two toys, and he'll be playing for a while, and then he'll just stop playing and stare off into the distance. 
I'm like, oh my God. And my wife was like, that's exactly what you do. And I was like, what? No, I, no, I don't. She was like, yes, I catch you all the time and you'll do it for like 30, 40 minutes straight. And I do. I just think I was like, stop talking and think. Or when I talk to her, I'll, I'll start talking to her mid conversation in my head. And she's like, what are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. What? Oh, this is the Valentine's? Valentine, you are sweet and unique. Oh, sweet, chic, and unique is what it says. And read the Elsa one from your friend Avery. And it says, let's stir up fun, Valentine. Well, that, that, that's, not, that's not as creative as the other one. I like the other one better. A tattoo for you. Oh, there's a tattoo on there. Why are they giving you guys tattoos? Your brother came home with little sticky tattoos also. No tattoos. Are you going to get a tattoo, Zozo? Zozo, are you going to get a tattoo when you're older? Are you going to hide a tattoo from Daddy? Is that snowman? No, that's, yeah, that's a snowman. But, I, hey, I'm asking you a question. When you're older, are you going to get a tattoo? What's it? What's that? A tattoo is like ink on your, like, ink, like a picture on your skin. Good, yeah, no tattoos, Zozo. Don't get a tattoo, Zozo. Well, what's wrong with tattoos? Nothing's wrong with tattoos. I just, I don't know. I don't want her to have tattoos right away. If she's, I mean, when she's older and she's 18 out of the house, all right. But I guess that's your body. Whatever. That is her body. You let her do what you want. Hey, whatever, people. All right, just, I don't want her to get it. The tattoos you get at 18, 19, 20, you usually regret those tattoos. All my friends, I would say I've only know one friend that has a tattoo that he's like, I, man, I love this tattoo. And it's of his mom. It's, a, it's of his mom. So that's, and his mom passed away. So he's had that forever. So he's going to, you know what I mean? They have, there's a bond to it. There's a purpose to it. He's not going to regret that. Even if it fades, he doesn't regret that. But other people, like I, my, my, I got a friend who has a, a devil's face, a demonic face on his forearm, like on his forearm, just like right there. For, it was just a big red, it's not small, it's the size of a hand. And if he, he listens to this, so he knows exactly what I'm talking about. But it's ridiculous. I'm like, I know you regret that. And he's like, yes, I regret. You, you've been bringing it up for five, six years. Stop bringing it up. I'm like, I have to, because I have to stare at that. You didn't even think about that. You didn't think about your friends, your family, the general public. We have to stare at that monstrosity smiling back at us in its demonic way. And that is a reflection of you. I think that's who you are. I mean, that's not who he is. He's much worse. But that's who we think he is. That was a face. That was him at a time. That was a, his reflection of himself at the time, breaking down tattoos. My wife has a tattoo that she doesn't like. Yeah. It's a big giraffe right on her butt cheeks on both of them. And it's weird because the neck's on one side with the head and then the body's on the other side. And now, like, the, the head and the body don't come together. Right, because the butt cheeks are more spread. I'm just playing. I just doesn't have that. <laughs> She's gonna hear this and be like, "What are you talking about? Why would you say there's a giraffe on my butt? Why would I get a giraffe on my butt? I don't know. Maybe that has been my dream my whole life to have a giraffe on my butt. That's what I wanted. No, I didn't. When I was little, though, I did dream of having it tattoo, like what I would want on it. And in front, what I thought, I was like, all right, on my left chest, because it's going to be huge. I'm going to be a huge, like, rock chest is what I'm going to have. 
And what I mean by that, like The Rock is what I meant. Like just I'm going to be a big swole dude and it's going to have a lion, right? And underneath that, my paws is going to have like my cubs and then the lioness, my wife, you know, right there too. And then the body's going to wrap around me and then in my back, all the way down to my ribs, it's going to have the lion's body, right? Just sitting there. So like if you do like a 360 around my body or a 180, you would see the 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 back or the front of the line and then turn to the back and it goes down my wrist. I would never get that done though. I would the mane would come all the way across up my neck down my lower back. Yeah, it'd be nuts. But uh, yeah, I'm too big of a wuss to get that done. I would never. I would never do it. But if I wasn't a wuss and I wanted a tattoo and I had the body that I needed to have that because you have to have a nice body to pull that tattoo off. If you don't have a nice body and you get that tattoo. That line's gonna look wonky. It's gonna look all messed up within a year or two. So you're gonna be like, that the eye's like kinda your line has stroke eye. Why does your line have stroke eye? And then ten years later you might have a stroke and then it looks like you. And it's like, okay, now I see. It was the line was foreshadowing. That's ironic, right? I don't know where I was going with this, but that's the tangent that I went on. Oh, what are today's topics? Uh some sad topics, which of course, the the shooting. Wow, that took a hard turn, didn't it? Right. So I'm just gonna say the top. Uh, I did a. I talk about that. Talk about this kid coming back from Germany with his family. It wasn't just by himself. He was with the whole family, and uh, he it was from Germany to New Jersey, and he cried on the plane for eight hours. So what I would do if that was my child, because I actually could see Isaiah doing something like that when he was younger. When he was younger, I could actually see him doing something like that, which is scary. Um, oh, how my uh, taping went. That this past Friday, last week, I did a uh, taping of my album, and it was, like, I should have been, I was stressed out, and there's some points that, if I would have concentrated on, would have drove me mad. Like, for example, there was no microphones, and if you're going to record a special, you kind of need microphones, right? You know, for the audience, but there was, I did part of it on my phone, the camera ran out of uh, memory, the main camera, so a bunch of stuff happened. But I got through it, and I got a good taping out of it, right? I got a on. I what I call it is I call it an honest taping. Like I feel like I've had better sets, but this was like I said the jokes exactly how I wanted to say them, and in that aspect, I landed it and I said exactly what I wanted, not without stumbling or anything like that. So that part of it, I like as far as audience reaction, I've had better reactions, but this is a very I think honest reaction of. Of if you took all the sets I've done in the past two years or a year and a half, especially with this material, that's a that's probably usually how I, it goes. You know, for a group of forty, there's only forty people in there. The last show, the midnight show, there's only twelve. Well, there's sixteen, but right when I got on stage, before I even told a joke, four people walk out, and I'm like, all right, that's cool, thank you, appreciate it. And so it's just twelve people that heckled me for an hour straight. I did an hour on that one. They heckled me for an hour straight, and it's, I think I might make a B side out of that. It's just people. Just I'm just shutting down hecklers everywhere. So guy on the side of me drunk, his wife is passed out on his shoulder. I think she's gonna puke or just fall out of her chair. So good time. So I'll talk about that. And um Yeah, that's it. I don't want to talk about the stock market or anything like that. So so the shooting, very sad. Um of course, gun debate, everybody. Well, what's your opinion? Doesn't matter what my opinion is, just sad the killer. Uh, screw him, right? Because I, I always think, you, especially as a parent, you always think of of your family and what, how how you would react. What would you think? You know, you know, a shooting at your at your child's school is 
now up there as one of the scariest thoughts that could happen. I mean, it should have been, but like recently, now that he's in, he's not in a daycare. Well, it could be in a daycare too that they could do that, which is sad because, like Sandy Hook type. That it's just. But Dan Regan, Dan Regan. I'm I'm just rambling through this. Dan Regan was a football coach there at that school, and when he, when when the student came in, the former student came in and started shooting up the school. He went and stood in front of students and got shot and ended up passing away. And that's a man. You got to pay teachers more, man. We have to pay teachers more. We're talking about getting them guns. First, let's just pay them more. Can we do that? Can we just pay them more? Like you can, you're gonna, you can go to school and get shot up. Like you're, you, that could happen. And I'm so glad. And happy they did that, and I was hope there's teachers and other coaches that would do that and put their life in front of our children's lives. But how many teachers would do that? You know what I mean? Especially because most teachers are like, man, I don't get paid a lot. This sucks. These kids suck. I hate all this. And then they're going to start shooting. Are most teachers going to run? No, they're not going to run. I mean, they'll, they'll lock their doors and, you know, uh, hide their students. But they're most teachers I do not see jumping in front of bullets. So uh, that's that's great for him. Pay teachers more. Before we get them guns, pay them more. How about that? Because a lot of people, I, I'm from Texas, so I, I keep seeing on my feet. I got both sides on my feet. You know, take away AR-15s on this side. Give, arm all the teachers. Send veterans over there, and they'll protect them. Or, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is that people are saying, uh, that was one of them that stuck out, give teachers guns. And I was just like, just let's just pay them a little bit more. How about that? Can we just pay them a little bit more? We'll start with that. Pay him a little. Like you're gonna give him a, you know, a Glock plus training, which is thousands of dollars right there, and now they're gonna be worried. He's like, oh, I got this thing in my drawer, and I don't know, like that. And I, yeah, just ugh, pay him more is what I would say. And that's sad. And Dan Regan, you are a hero, a hero. That I would, I would pray that that somebody, somebody, uh, some coaches like that or some teachers like that in. In my child's school. What's up? In my cards. Your cards? I don't have your cards. Huh? I don't have your cards. Uh, you're the one who took them. Your Valentine's Day cards? Yeah, here's one right here. No, this is this is brothers. Here they are. Right here is Ozo. So she got Valentine's Day cards, and she's just been carrying them around. Like, these are my friends, and these are what they gave me. She's You're going to be one of those girls that has a little box full of all your notes from school. No, you won't, because kids aren't going to have notes. They're going to be like, notes, handwritten notes. Who does that? You text message. Never mind. <laughs> Daddy's old. <laughs> I'm only 32, but now I'm already ancient because I'm thinking of actual notes. I used to, I'm not going to lie, I used to have that. From girls that uh, that liked me or that I liked and stuff, I'd have notes that I got from then. I'd keep them. Like, this is like sixth, seventh grade, so don't laugh at me too much. But I'd, I'd have a little box. I mean, there wasn't a lot. It was a tiny little box. All right, there was seven notes in a Adidas box. That's what it was. But those are my seven notes. And yes, three of them I wrote. So really, there's only four notes. The three that I wrote, I didn't want to give out. Like, I was too worried because also I didn't know which woman I was in love with. Like, they didn't know, but all three girls at the same time were in a relationship with me. And I didn't know who I was going to be with. It was a very confusing time. And uh, they had no idea who I was. And I think one of them actually really hated me now that I think think about it. But I kept those notes in there, professing my love, and I would look at each. This is embarrassing. Never mind. So that's what, I was just a little fat romantic is what I was. I was a little fat boy romantic. Like one day, 
I'll find my love. And it's one of these. And it wasn't. It was by a woman named Marissa in college. And she uh, thought it was somebody else. And I tricked her and I got her. So thank you, sweetie. Continue working. The dreams are going to happen one day. Yep. All this, these podcasts and ridiculous videos your 30-year-old husband does with his friends. It's really embarrassing. It should be really embarrassing, but, you know, whatever. That eight, that kid who screamed for eight hours on that plane from Germany to New Jersey, like, first of all, I'm thinking, okay, why didn't you line up his nap with the flight? You gotta line, even if it's a morning flight, if you know your son is like that, and it's usually sons that are like that, he might have been autistic or have some, you know, sensory issues, it could have been that, that's what I was thinking, Since I'm not a doctor, I don't know, but my son has some sensory issues. I turned off the TV because nobody was watching it. Do you want to see it? Yeah. So sensory issues, whatever it is, like my son for a long time couldn't, he hated sand. Like whenever sand would touch his feet, he was like, oh, he hated that feeling. I guess you can equate that to like fingernails on the chalkboard type stuff. Like that's what it felt like. He didn't want to put his feet on the grass this past summer because he hated the way grass felt. And so, I mean, when you're up there, your ears, I mean, all that pressure, he probably felt all that in his head and it was driving him nuts. He's like, I don't understand what is going on with my ears? Ah, you should have got him some gum, pop his ears. Maybe that could have been it. But still, line up his nap time. Line up, wake him up, even if the flight's at 6 in the morning. Keep him up all night. That way he sleeps the whole flight. That's an eight-hour flight with a child. Hmm? Hey, what are you doing? If he's on medication, line up his medication with that. Like with my son, we couldn't give him red dye. Like anything with red dye, he goes nuts. Like, um, that's a real thing. Like, I thought that was BS. And no, in, if it's in frosting, red Powerade, oh, my God. He drank a 28-ounce red Powerade, right, the whole thing out of this uh, Whataburger cup. And he drank the whole thing. And, like, within, at first he got real hyper, and then the crash, like, an hour later was like, oh, like, I, he was flipping over his desk, go to his room. So he was, like, demonic. I was like, what is in red dye? that makes my child this way. So those could have been it. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's what I would, felt bad for, I felt bad for the passengers, I felt bad for the mom, I really felt bad for the kid. Because no matter what we say, like it, I'd say it in a joke about where uh, there's only one group of people that it's acceptable to openly hate, and that's children. Like people feel like, man, I hate kids. You know what I mean? You can have kids and still be like, I hate kids. And you're like, kids are jerks or assholes. And they're like, no, you are. That's why they're like that. They're a reflection of you. My son is totally my wife and I. Like my, like with me, like my attention span, which is horrible. So he's got that dialed all the way up. Plus my wife's short fuse. So those two together, not paying attention is going to cause a lot of confusion, which is going to cause a lot of anger. So uh, we're trying to help that out. So those would be some of the things for that mom who's probably not going to listen to this. I wonder how many kids she has or if she's just at the end of her. What is the mom on? Maybe the mom is on something. Maybe the mom is like, this has been a hard week. I got these antidepressants. She t pops one. Now she's a total zombie, right? She just pops and she's like, now I'm numb. Kids yelling. She's like, I'm used to this. Everybody else now deal with it. And he's like, he sounds demonic. He did sound a little possessed. I'm not saying he was possessed. I'm not saying that because I heard my son scream way more. I thought he was talking tongues. So I was like, oh, my God, there's... There's a devil in my child. That's what I thought. Like, my mom even heard it one time. Like, the shrill that he has, this kid can hit another octave. 
like, oh my God, like hurt your ears, banshee octave, which makes you think, is he going to be able to sing? Maybe hope so. Anyway, so um, yeah, poor kid. The taping, talk more about that. <sighs> Sorry, I'm walking around cleaning up. That's why I sound I'm all out of breath. That and I'm fat. I'm gaining weight again. So I need to, I need to lose that weight. So, so what are you eating? Are you eating Play-Doh? What are you eating? And back away from the TV. You're too close. Back away, Mama. Sit down over here. So the taping, the 8 o'clock show. Uh, first of all, one of the guys who was supposed to film it didn't, didn't end up showing up. We got his camera, but he was like, uh, he had another job that actually paid. So he went and did that job. But we got his camera, which was nice. But we had no mics. No mics. We had, a, the, in fact, the very first show, the mic went out. My last 20 minutes, the mic kept going in and out. So I was like, oh, that's, that's great. All right. And the first set was, it was okay. I would give it okay. There wasn't that many people. I'd say maybe like 15 to 20 in the audience. But it was, a, it was an okay set. People were going with me. More smiling. A lot of smiling. I was like, all right, these are jokes. Laugh more. And then the 10 o'clock show was packed. So that thing out, which I was so grateful for, had new mics, which was nice. I actually put my phone in the back and recorded that on the right side of the audience because I knew most of the people on the right side had never heard any of my stuff. And I saw some people on the left. I'm like, you guys have heard some of this stuff. What's up, Mama? Open it up. What do you do with the Play-Doh? What do you do with the Play-Doh? Right there on the table. Yes, thank you. Thank you, mamas. So I was just saying, oh, yeah, yeah. So the, most of the people on the right hadn't heard myself. The people on the left, I'd see, I know I'd heard myself before, so I put my recorder back there, got more of their laughter, and uh, that was a good show. That was a good show. 50 minutes, I'll probably edit it down like 45 minutes. And then the midnight show, that was, that was something else, man. That was putting out fires. That felt like a, a, a River Center improv show for like a bunch of tourists, only like 12. Well, first it was 16, and I had three friends go up, and one of them decides, hey, I'm going to go extra <laughs> extra time. So he went in. So they did like 45 minutes before I even get on stage. And then I get on stage, and four people walk out automatically. I was like, oh, okay, great. And then the guy on the side of me already starts heckling me. He's drunk. His wife's passed out. I'm like, dude, do you want to? And I felt, I felt stupid because I'm the one who sat him. I'm like, yeah, go ahead and sit over there right there. There's two seats over there. And he, he caught the end of the 10 o'clock show, right? So, uh, so he, was, he was getting the, the, the full show for, for, for midnight. And so he thought, oh, I'm a part of the show. Starts talking a lot. It's like, oh, my God. So I start slapping his heckling down. And then on the guy, the guy on the left his, goes there since uh, he's been going there since we opened. So four and a half, five years, he's been going to Tiger. And he knows, like, all my jokes. So he's calling out my jokes. Say the ISIS joke. I'm like, dude. That's the punchline. You're giving away the punchline. Like, what are you doing? You can't do that. And then as I'm doing it, his name's Jeff. As I'm doing, like, jokes, he's, like, going, bravo, bravo, like, clapping, really. The mics were, I don't know why I put the mic next to him, but I put one of the mics right next to him. He's crushing beer cans, his big old Lone Stars. He'll put him on the floor, 24 ounces, and he'll crush it on the floor. I'm like, oh, my God. And then... And then, <laughs> well, two things. There's a dude from Canada there, and he's not laughing at anything I'm saying. He's just smack in the middle. Everybody else, is they, they were dying. For 12 people, they were amazing, right? And so there's a guy from Canada in the middle. He was not laughing. And then I said a joke, and he goes, I don't get it. After everybody laughed, and, and the laughter dies down, right? I let it dissipate. 
And then he goes, I don't get it. And we all start laughing again. And then it became a running bit of me, like, explaining each joke to him and breaking it down. He's like, oh, at the end, he's like, no, 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 I get it. Turns out his friend after the show tells me, he's like, that guy needs um, Ritalin. He's on Ritalin. He's a 50-year-old dude from Canada. And when he's not on Ritalin, he's like, he couldn't, and I saw him, he couldn't pay attention. He kept looking around like a little bird, like, uh, 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 uh. And his wife, I saw that, like, stroking his, his uh, shoulder, trying to calm him down and everything. Like, he said that he had a tough time not heckling the whole time. Like, he just wanted to keep talking to me. And I could see it. He looked like, <sighs> but not laughing at anything I was saying. But it was funny. And then the guy helping me produce it, right? <laughs> this guy, Corey, who's actually helping me with uh, the Battle of Sketches. It's actually going to be real quick plug. February 28th, Battle of Sketches. We got seven sketch teams from Houston, Corpus Antonio, Austin, all over Texas. And they're going to go up against each other. So come check that out. That's February 28th at the Alamo Draft House, North Park, right? Yeah, North Park, yeah. The one right next to LOL. So anyway, um, that was my quick plug. What was it talking about? Oh, yeah, so I hear music. I hear music in the back, and I was like, what? What is that? That music is coming from upstairs. I look in the back. The guy who's supposed to be producing my show is looking at his phone. The phone's lighting up his face, and he has headphones on. He's listening to Drake full blast and we can hear and i start yelling at him i was like hey hey and i was like dude what are you doing it's like oh listening to drake the new album just came out i was like are you are you serious are you serious? there's 12 people in here you idiot we can hear you we can hear you and he's just like oh my bad i was so like inside i was really mad i was so pissed off but i was just like that's how tonight's going so that'll probably i'll make that the b-side that'll probably be like 55 minutes i'll edit it down to yeah yeah, about 55 minutes. Where did my son go to over here? He's in the back room. What are you watching? What's that? Look. What is it? I don't know. Hey, uh, did you do your homework? Hmm? Are we supposed to be watching TV right now? Yes. We are? All right, I'm going to go check your homework right now. I'm going to go look. <sighs> I'm going to have to check his homework. Man, that's how out of shape I am. I'm just walking around, picking up toys, picking up little pieces of paper, cleaning up. I'm doing the podcast, and the whole time I'm like, <sighs> I don't know if you can hear it. I want to be like, <sighs> <sighs> like talking and walking and doing stuff is uh, it's pretty hard for me. This is my exercise, I guess. Sozo, you're supposed to throw these away because then Carmelo chews on, chews on them. Go throw it away. Go put it in the white trash can. Recycling. Go. Go. Nope. <sighs> She's doing what her brother does. If you have kids, you know this. They What they'll do is they'll take their trash when they're done, like, eating whatever they're eating out of that little plastic thing that they have. What they'll do is they'll take the trash and they'll, they'll shove it under a couch. Or if it's thin enough, they'll put it in between sheet or in the, in the couch, right? Or maybe under their bed or whatever. So now that's what she's starting to do. I'm starting to find trash in places. I'm like, why is there trash in this entire toy bin? Just a bunch of trash. Some of them are gross, like a banana peel. I remember once she left a banana peel overnight. And I was just like, oh, I was all slime. I had to wash all the toys. I hate washing toys. Not as bad as me. I was worse. I think the worst thing I did, I felt bad. We had a, a dog named Brandy Corgi. And my, my dad would get mad at the dogs. He's like, the dog's pissing in the house. This whole room smells like piss. And the thing that smelled like piss, it was this fake 
ficus plant, I think it was what it was, in the corner of the room with little fake wood pieces, right, in this big basket. It was a tall tree. And I watched TV, and the restroom was across the house, and I didn't want to go to, because there was a converted garage. I didn't want to go all the way near my room and pee over there. So I was like, I'll just pee. <laughs> I don't even know if my parents know this yet. I would just pee in that house plant right in front. I must have been like, I was his age, like five, six years old, right? And I'd pee in that plant watching TV, and I did that for months. No one ever caught me. I did it for months, right? Especially the lady who would take care of me, because she would never check on me. She would like, make, she would do the laundry and stuff like that, but she would never like just check on me and make sure like, she would like, maybe every once in a while, but anyway, so I do it all the time. And then one day my mom caught me, like ran right up on me. Like I didn't even see her there watching me. And I got my thing out and I'm peeing, watching television, right? And I'm really into it. I think it was Ghostbusters I was watching. And then I hear, Josh, and I was like, oh, pee goes everywhere. She was like, oh my, <laughs> I think they forgot about that. Oh, I got spanked so hard. I don't know if my dad ever found out. So they just ended up throwing away that plant, and uh, the pee smell went away. And that's like, the pee smell doesn't smell that pee anymore. So I don't think my mom ever told my dad about that, because my dad would have would have beat up whatever off of me, you know? Anyway. Anyway, I think that's going to be our podcast. My kids are over here in two different rooms making a mess as I clean up, which is great. Uh, I actually have a show tonight in Houston, so if anybody listens, I'm going to post this right away so if anybody listens to this you hear the end uh i'm gonna be doing a show at the secret group that's downtown in houston texas check it out at the eight o'clock show uh the show's called bad idea it's on my facebook josh Cavazza, so check that out there um new sketches coming out every thursday i just put one out yesterday and uh i'm gonna be going uh it doesn't matter where i'm going i don't want to say that yeah, yeah so anyway um thursday um Thursday's new sketches, so check out that Thursday sketches. I made it sound so exciting, didn't I? Oh, it was very exciting. And then uh, the album comes out May 1st. So May 1st, FMCW, my first, my debut album, Clown Poet, comes out on uh, FMCW, the company that I made. So I'm really producing my own album, but you, you know. And then February 28th at the Alamo Draft House, like I said, 8 o'clock, seven teams going to be competing against each other. Let me get the seven teams. It's going to be uh, I Am Roxy. She's from Houston. Uh, going again, and then there's Comedia Gogo. Um, there is the You're Invited, the Good Enoughs, Vatos Locos. They're from Corpus. Uh, Night Comedy, they're Night Cat Comedy. They're from Austin. Uh, good Travis did it. The Good Time guys, or Good Time, a good what was his? A good something. I forgot. I didn't write it down here. I can't find it. But he has some really funny sketches. And uh, yeah, so there's seven teams total. I think I named all seven. Uh, come check that out. And then here, we broke it down a little different. Here are going to be the actual uh, things they're going to be competing head-to-head -head against. So it's it's called Texas Battle Royale since it's all these different teams, sketch teams from Texas, and it's going to go sketch versus sketch. And what we did is we linked them. Like if they were similar to each other, then that's one. So there's best law office sketch, most awkward date sketch, best horror, most bizarre, best infomercial Number one, Macho Man sketch, most likely to give you diarrhea and best documentary. So those are going to be <laughs> the ones that we do. What they win, I have no idea. Maybe we'll get something for them to win. But it's more about, hey, I did this sketch. I put on this big screen. We all get together, enjoy it, have fun, vote on it. It's going to be fun. The last one was fun. I think this one will be even better. 
February 28th, Alamo Draft House, right where the um, right across from Laugh Out Loud. And then, uh, yeah, and then Saturday, I'm actually hosting a show where it's supposed to be all moms, but they want a stay-at-home dad to host, so I'm hosting that one. That's uh, Las Chiladas here in San Antonio Saturday. So those are all the shows. Thank you all for listening. Hey, son, you want to say bye? Bye, bye. All right, thank you, guys. You want grapes? I'll get you grapes. All right, deuce. Uh-oh, on my big red. Uh-oh, on my big red. Uh-oh.